Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program brought to you by Radio New Zealand Sport. On this week's show, the Benji Marshall saga. We hear from the former Kiwis captain about his ill-fated switch to rugby union before the former all-blank Stephen Bishop explains why Marshall's code-hopping hasn't worked. The equestrian Andrew Nicholson is awarded the Burley title that's been stripped from his teammate, giving him a chance to win eventing's elusive Grand Slam. And the New Zealand V8 supercar driver Scott McLaughlin gets ready to race at Pukekohe. Benji Marshall says his inability to adapt to the technicalities of rugby union is why he's giving up on the 15-man game. And with the rumour mill in full spin, he's denying reports he's already been in contact with national rugby league clubs across the Tasman. William Ray reports. Benji Marshall and the Blues coach Sir John Kerwin agree his shift to rugby union simply wasn't working. The former Kiwis captain lasted for only eight games with the Blues before deciding he should walk away from his two-year deal. At a media conference in Auckland, Marshall admitted he struggled to adapt to the technicalities of the 15-man game and says at 29 he doesn't feel like he has the time to learn the game properly. The times I felt under pressure the most, I felt like I resorted back to what I knew best and what I had sort of instilled in me or acted instinctively, which was playing rugby league. Especially on the weekend just gone, I felt a big difference that I was playing a different game to everyone else. Um, you know, I was playing like I was a rugby league player with 14 rugby players. So John Kerwin says he supports Marshall's decision to leave. For me, it's a Michael Jordan moment. I think both parties showed incredible courage to try something different, and it didn't work out. And I think Benji has showed incredible courage to say it's not working, just like we have, and we've moved on. If you don't have a go, you're not going to know, and I think that was reciprocal. What would you do differently? Nothing. One of Benji Marshall's teammates, Piri Wepu, says he's sad to see him go. I'm the only cheeky Māori in the team now. No. <laughs> No, it is. I mean, he's been awesome. Great to have around the team, and um, it's tough uh, when you've got one of your mates um, sort of go like that, but uh, we've just got to pull together and uh, stay tight. The Cronulla Sharks are rumoured to be a possible option for Marshall's return to the NRL, but he says he's yet to decide on his future. Preferably NRL. You know, I want to play in the highest comp that I can, and not only that, a lot of my family is back in Sydney and a lot of my friends, so if it's not here, then I'd prefer it to be in Sydney, but until I speak to clubs or know who's interested in a 29-year-old wash-up rugby player, um, well, league, league player now, so we'll see. The Blues will not be seeking a replacement player for Benji Marshall. William Ray reporting for Extra Time. After Benji Marshall decided to return to league, I asked the former All Black first 5'8", Stephen Bishop, why Marshall didn't make it as a rugby union playmaker. I think that's probably been his biggest downfall is the fact that he hasn't been able to get game time. Ideally, I think, in the number 15 jersey. I think it was a mistake not to put him in the ITM Cup last year um, and then throw him right in the deep end uh, for Super Rugby. Uh, he played, with the, obviously, the three pre-season games at first five and then they decided that uh, he wasn't really ready for that so they've um, had him on the bench and coming off and it's pretty hard to learn you know, the game sense 
um, coming off the bench like that just in you know for short uh, periods of time. Do you think naturally he was a better fifteen than a ten? Well, I think I think long term he pr- he probably could have been a ten, um, but just the fact that it's such a different game to league is so much more obviously um, to the defensive structures, um, you know, phase play. It's definitely a more complicated game, and to be able to come from you know league and be able to run the ship from first five um, in rugby union, um, it's a big ask of anyone. Even though he did have the skill set as far as being able to kick and you know pass and run, but it's just really controlling the game. So do you reckon the Blues should have actually played him more? They should have shown more confidence in, in him and, and, and let him run at 15 a bit more than they did? Well, I think it would have been in, in Benji's interest, whether it would have been in the Blues' interest, because they've got very strong uh, back three players there with Pierre and Hilaire and um, young Tavita Lee and um, George Moala. They've got a, a lot of depth in their outside backs, so to be fair to him and giving him a decent shot, he, he should have probably been able to more opportunity in the number 15 jersey. Would you have liked to have seen him stick around? It may have meant playing club rugby, but could he have had a future in rugby if, if he'd tried that? It's, a, it's, a, it's the unknown question. That's probably why he's, he's gone um, back to league so quickly is because um, there's a big question mark there, isn't there? But he, I don't think he's really given it himself the time to be able to adjust. So you even look at Sonny Bill Williams, he had a couple of years in France, then he came back and he played ITM Cup, and then he went into Super Rugby. So, I mean, he, he had three he had three years before he before he played Super Rugby. There's been some speculation that at 29, he, he's perhaps past that he doesn't have the, the speed that he used to. Do you, do you buy that? Oh, no, I don't, actually. I, I mean, um, with the training techniques these days, you can keep yourself up there as long as you're injury-free. And I know from my own experience, I was actually faster um, off the mark when I was 32 than when I was younger. But um, you lose a bit of top end speed. But he's only 29, and I, I, I still think he's, um, you know, he's still quite a quite a young man. As a rugby union man, are you disappointed that he's he's going back to league? It's disappointing the fact that we haven't seen, you know, seen him have a decent shot at trying to make it in union and see what he could have been, but. You know, we have a great depth of players, you know, in New Zealand at both 10 and 15. So I think from a rugby perspective, it's, you know, I don't think it's a great loss. The former All Black Stephen Bishop. The New Zealand equestrian Andrew Nicholson could become just the second rider in history to win Eventing's Grand Slam after being handed the Burley title that's been stripped from his compatriot Jock Paget. Paget's horse Clifton Promise tested positive to a banned substance at Burley last September and the sport's governing body has rescinded the title and given it to Nicholson who came second at the event. Nicholson will this weekend attempt to defend his Kentucky title, the second jewel in the Grand Slam crown, before trying to complete the treble next month at Badminton. He told Joe Porter he didn't expect to be awarded the Burley title until after the full hearing of Paget's case in June. It was made very clear to me that it wouldn't be announced officially until you know, after Jock's hearing, but it's very pleasing that the FBI have, have seen that it's, it's better for the whole sport if they announce it officially sort of now so yeah, they can try a bit of publicity because then obviously if I can win here and, and win badminton, I can win the Grand Slam. Is that why, or one of the reasons why Jock wanted uh, this separate partial hearing? Jock's a, a good sporting person and yeah, he would have known that the sport's going to benefit from knowing I'm now with a chance.
I've, I've come here on the understanding I wasn't with the chance because that's why I brought one of my best horses, Avery, here, you know, because I'm very focused on trying to win it here. And then I've got my other best horse, Nareo and Kimbo, backing up at Badminton. Having the title seven months after, you know, the event, does it take some of the gloss off, you know, what would have been a nice way to celebrate had you been awarded the win on yeah, the Yeah, I, I think it's all right for me because as a, a rider and, you know, I can go on to other events. It's, it's more for the owners, you know. It's places like Burnley are a very prestigious um, place to win at. And, you know, for owners, it's a it's sort of a major highlight of owning an event horse's career, really, to win these four stars. And, you know, they're, they're the ones who have missed out. I mean, it was a bit of a strange situation being that, you know, you know Jock so well and he's a compatriot of yours and, and having, um, I guess, that hanging over his head. Was it a little bit unusual, I suppose, having an opponent that's so close to you uh, going through this? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's the first time I've had this, you know, one of my teammates in, in this sort of situation. Um, but, you know, there's there's nothing I can do about it. There's things that just got to run their course and you know, I've got enough to worry about with my own job and trying to win, win these big competitions, I can pretty much detach myself now from Jock's problem and, you know, that's sort of his department now. How much would it mean to you to win the Grand Slam, to complete the Grand Slam? It's an awful lot. You know, to, to complete the Grand Slam, I have to win badminton as well, and I've never won badminton. You know, to win the Grand Slam, it's it's a very, very difficult thing to do. I think it's only been done once before by Pippa, and, you know, the top riders have come very, very close to it but they haven't actually done it. So it's a great thing in, in my career as an event writer. That was equestrian Andrew Nicholson. The only other eventer to have completed the Grand Slam is Britain's Pippa Fennell in 2003. The V8 supercars returned to Auckland's Pukekohe racetrack this weekend with all three of the competition's New Zealand drivers in the top ten of the championship. The youngest of them, 20-year-old Cantabrian Scott McLaughlin, is driving for Volvo in its first year in the series, and after nine races, McLaughlin's already had one win. He told me the new S60 has made a strong start to the season, despite some teething problems. Yeah, we've been there or thereabouts in um, most most of the races. We've just got a little bit of a few reliability issues, so we've just got to keep on top of that. But apart from that, it's been going all right. You had some problems in Adelaide with the alternator and a bit of overheating. Have you, have you got on top of those issues? Yeah, it all sorted now. So we had a few dramas at Winton, and hopefully we've um, sorted that all out um, prior to... You know, this weekend, but you know, the more miles we do, the better we're going to be off. Tell me a little bit about the Volvo. How does it sit alongside the the traditional heavyweights of Aussie racing, the the Holdens and the Fords? Are you as competitive as you you can be? Yeah, I think uh, for the start of the year to be getting poles and wins and stuff is pretty good. So obviously, it's only like our third race meeting, fourth race meeting. So um, to be, you know, this far at the pack so early it just shows you know we can mix up the front you're 10th in the championship do you think you can take that higher we've had a bit of bad luck we should be probably a little bit higher but those things happen and i mean it'd be great to move higher but at this point to be 10th in the championship in our first year is awesome do you get a bit of chip from the other drivers driving a volvo Nah, not really. I mean, a little bit, but more at the start of the year. But now they know it's fast, so they're sort of quieting up a little bit. What's things like with the other Kiwi drivers out there? Are you guys competitive amongst yourselves? Yeah, I think we're, you know, we always want, want to be the top Kiwi, but at the end of the day, you know, we've also got to look out for each other a little bit too because there's not that many, um, 
you know, there's, um, there's only three of us and there's about 21 other Aussies. So it's, um, we've got to sort of, you know, stay on the ball. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it, it is a little bit of doggy dog at the end of the day. And uh, you always want to be the top Kiwi. Let's just talk about what's coming up at Pukekohe. You've got the couple of sprints and, the, and then the feature race. Where do you think you're going to be most competitive, in the, in the shorter races or the longer one? All of them, I think. Um, at the end of the day, we've just got to sort out some reliability stuff, hopefully for the last race, and we should be OK. It's, um, the car's fast, so you know, as long as we're up the front there, we're always going to be in that, in that you know, in competitive position. Does that mean, though, with with reliability issues that the longer race might be a bit more challenging for you? Oh, yeah, I think it uh, goes without saying. It sort of is a little bit tougher for us, but um, at the end of the day, you know, we think we're on top of these things, but you just never know what happens. New cars always bring new new problems, so we've just got to get on top of them with more miles. Can you tell me what, what the problems are, or would that be giving the game away? Oh, no, you pretty much did it. You know, we've got a few alternate dramas and power steering issues as well. And what about the Pukekohe track? What's going to be important there, do you think? Getting a good lap time, I think qualifying is huge around here. Obviously, there's not that many passing spots, so you want to sort of be up the front and stuff like that. But um, being fast and flowing and, and, you know, keeping the speed up is the main key. That was the New Zealand V8 supercar driver, Scott McLaughlin. That's extra time for this week. You can send your feedback to sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Ben Robinson. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.